What a great God we serve. You know, at the, the end of time, when, when Jesus was crucified and he came back again, his disciples asked him, what, do, are, is, are you going to establish your kingdom now? Does this mean you're going to establish your kingdom? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. And he did what he did for them was he established a church. And he filled them with the Holy Ghost and, and gave them a commission to go ye therefore into all the world. And he established a church at that time. It wasn't time for them to have the, his kingdom come back onto earth. But it was time for the church to be the church. And it was time for the people of God to reach out into a world and see how many they could save. And they turned their world upside down. And we're still in the midst of that commission. One day he'll come back. And one day he'll establish his kingdom. But he did what he did now was he built up a church to make a difference and he built up a people to be able to reach out into the world and he loved the world that so much that he gave his only begotten son and he loved them enough to commission you and me to reach out and be the church and to make a difference i'm thank god for a church I thank God for a place to come and worship together. And I thank God for an opportunity to gather together and call upon the name of the Lord. And I'll let you know that if it wasn't for the church, I don't think I would make it. I don't think I would have been able to make it. As a new convert, there's not a chance I would have been able to make it except for the love of a church, except for a people that welcomed me in, except for a people that looked past my Looked past my past and saw the hope of a future and saw the hope of a young man that, that God's going to do a work in their life. And I thank God for the church. And I thank God to be part of a church. And I thank God that he established a church. Instead of coming back and establishing his kingdom, he, made it, he created the church. Amen. That's all extra credit. I'm excited. I'm excited about living for God. This is the best thing going. Praise God. Anyway, let's turn to Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 23. This kind of a, um, a rambling, I don't know, some, I hate to even say the rambling type of message, but it's just some thoughts, amen, that have, over the years that have been imparted, some thoughts that, that uh, have, have benefited me in my life. And, and, you know, I wrote all of it down, and then I thought, well, you know, I better have a scripture verse to go with it. I better have some verses, so I start searching for the word. And, and as you start to read, you read the whole chapter if you want, but it all fits. God's word is appropriate at any time and place. So I want to just read in chapter number 4 of Ephesians and verse 23 and verse 24. It says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put... And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God is telling us then to be renewed in our minds, to be encouraged, be lifted up. Re encourage yourself and renew your mind and strengthen yourself in your mind and, and create in you a positive thing. So I want to talk about today. It, it's You know what? It's just a good time to be alive. It's just a good time to be part of the church. It's just a good time, amen, to be able to, to, to call on the name of Jesus. Uh, well, there's no better opportunity than there is today to be a part. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the church. I'm excited about the days that we're living in. I'm excited about the opportunity God has afforded us. If you'll take time and look around in the world, there's a lot of things that could to 
or lead you astray or a lot of things that could discourage you or a lot of things that could cause you to wonder what in the world is going on. But the church has never been stronger. The church has never had a, a better foundation. The church it will shine out better. The holiness of God will look more and more profound as the world goes deeper and deeper off into decay. They're marching on the streets to justify their sins. They're, they're calling you all kinds of names because you stand up for holiness and you stand up for a distinction of some things and some purpose in life and yet they call you something wrong with you. But I thank God for the church. I'm excited. I, it's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be part of the church. It's a good time to be in the presence of who God is. And it's a good time. To, so live in the present. Live in today. Live in what God has promised for us today. Live in that. Because God is good and His promises are true and His word is amen. And I t- there's great things to be a part of a church. There's great things come out of communication. Great things that come as being part of a people. There's, uh, as, as part of a church, I live in your victories. I live in your testimony. I live in your witness. I live in the things that God is doing in your life to reach your neighbors, to reach your co-workers, to reach those that are around us. There's, there's, a, there's a, a, a strength in the communication. There's a strength in, in, in the fact when you come and you tell me that your neighbor has listened and your neighbor has, is excited about an opportunity to come to church or your neighbor is interested in a Bible study. There, we're encouraged. Communicate. Be a part of the church. And these, this is just simply how this lesson's going to go today. Just some simple thoughts about live today. Live in the present. Live for today. Live right now. It, because it's, there's no better time for God to do a work than there is right now. And, and to communicate. Communicate your victories. Communicate your relationships. Be a part of something. Be a part of a church. Go, go to camp meeting. Go to conferences. Go, go to rallies and be a part. And, and, and as you go to a rally, you'll begin to make friends in the church. You'll begin to establish relationships outside of your little circle of friends, outside of your little circle of, of family and friends. But build up relationships with the presence of God and the churches and go places. Go to camp. Go to, uh, we didn't miss camp meeting for years and years in, uh, and just that's just what we did. We slept, and Brother Miller, Brother Chemist will know. You sleep in a tent, in in some uh, pretty backwards and pretty, uh, how would you call it, uh, remote, remote and and simple. I mean, there was uh, two shower stalls for four hundred people. <laughs> there was oftentimes a lake substituted for a, for a shower. And then yet when the kids got to go into the lake and come in, they brought mud into the bathroom. So it was, we stood underneath a canopy outside with all the bugs and whatever that fly underneath the light in the summertime and uh, collect on the spider webs that are hanging right above your head and, and find a place to sit down and eat. And yet that wouldn't miss it for nothing. Wouldn't have missed it for a thing. We just, we went to church. We established relationships. We became part of something bigger than just our little congregation of a church. So communicate with one another. We communicated victories. We communicated the joy of the Lord. The love that was in each other's hearts was communicated. Maybe they wasn't just so much talking about it. But when you come and collectively lift up hands and you come and collectively and share the joy of the Lord, that's communicating something that God has given you a victory in your life. God has given you a hope in your life. 
life. And you won't get that anywhere else except being a part of something. Be a part of a church. Live in today. Let the joy of the Lord fill your hearts today. Go to camp. Go to conference. Go to rallies. Go to whatever. If the doors of the house of the Lord are open, be there. Be a part of fellowship. Be a part of the, of the cleanup day. We had fun on the cleanup day. It doesn't matter. Well, maybe we did. I don't. I did anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, go to Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 8. Turn right past it. And this is a, probably most of you can quote this whole verse. But I want to tell us to be positive. Get positive. Be positive. Act positive. Be true to God. I don't even think it had to be an act, but make yourself smile. Be positive. When you walk into work, yours is the smile that's on the face. When you go into the marketplace, you're the one that speaks positive words. When you come into the house of God, you're the one that's excited. You're the one that's positive. You're the one, and I understand that you can at times be overwhelmed or whatever, but put it aside. Be positive. Get positive. Act positive. And it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there are any virtue, any praise, think on these things. Build yourself up. Be the smile on your face. Make yourself, reflect an attitude in your own life that's going to change the room that you walk into. Be positive. And you, I can look out here and I can see about half of us got a smile on our face. <laughs> and the other half get one. And there, go with that. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man, she's poking, poking Mike. Like, come on, Mike. <laughs> and he's got coffee, but now he smiles. <laughs> now he laughs. Hey, man, but be positive. Reflect something that's in your heart. Are we not a blessed people? Are we not a happy people? Are we not excited about who our God is and living for our God? So if you need to, turn to this verse whatsoever. Think on these things, the, the things that are true, that are honest, that are just, that are pure, that are lovely. And think on the things of good report. Think upon the testimonies. Think about the day that God saved you from your sins. Think about all these things and, 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 and build yourself up. I just got little thoughts in the long. The next thought that comes into mind says, don't avoid criticism. That sounds tough. But listen. Welcome authority in your life. Never let up. Pray fast. Read the Word of God. And I ask you a question. What are you reading? What's on your list? Is there an opportunity, and is somebody be able to speak into your life and, and say, and, and not be afraid to tell you to criticize? And I, 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 let's call it correction. Let's call it some positive instruction. I wrote criticize, but we can, let's call it some positive instruction. Does your spouse have a liberty to be able to speak to you? Or do you avoid it at all costs? Just some thoughts in our lives. You want to be better living for God? Don't avoid criticism. Don't, don't avoid... When I get all done here, if, if pastor thinks they did a lousy job, I, I'd allow him to say so. Or my wife tells me, quit waving your arm around up and down in the air when you talk. <laughs> and, and if you say something funny, if you, 
Sheila, she's wrote it down, and it's, there's places in her Bibles where I've said some things that were all, you know, like the lame man that was, what was he, poor from his mother's birth? <laughs> That's a classic, huh? Yes. And I know Pastor last week said that, uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Let people give somebody the opportunity to, to, to offer you some, some positive reinforcement. Make place in your life for somebody to speak to you. Don't avoid it. It'll make you a better person. You know what? 75% of what you accomplish is going to be because of your energy. 75% is because you put something into it. I want to read you something that I carry in my Bible. If I can find I got tons of stuff. And you've probably seen it. But it's called Attitude. And it was written by a man named Charles Swindoll. And it says, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude is to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It'll make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. We can't change our past. We can't change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Get a right attitude. Things come your way. Don't, don't throw your hands up into the air and, and, and despair, but get a right attitude. You can accomplish some things in your life because you want to, because you determine to, because I have an attitude that says, I can get this done. I have an attitude that says, it's not that big a task. I have an attitude that, that reflects some energy in my life. I have an attitude. So get busy. Study the Word of God. Have an attitude that says, I can do this. I can study the Word of God. Have an attitude that says, if I put a little bit of effort into this, I can see a result. Have a little bit of an attitude that says, whatever, I'm convinced that whatever happens to me is 10% of what happens and 90% of how I react to it. Be positive. Get positive. Stay positive. Act positive. Convince yourself of whatever things are honest and just and true and lovely of good report. Think on these things. Reflect some things in your life. And, and so get an attitude. <laughs> Tell your kids, you got an attitude. And they'll say, thank you. Right. <laughs> you know, talent only take you so far. And some of us not very far. <laughs> and I got an amen out of that. Passion, passion, a burden, a vision. Talent only take you so far, but depend on God. Let God give you a burden. Let God give you a passion. Let God give you a, a, a vision for what can be accomplished. And then as you have that vision, as you have that burden set from God, then spend the time and the effort that it takes to 
to see what God has in store. And, and, and understand that in all of that, there's preparation. The Word of God is not just going to jump out of your mind and, and if you have never read it. The Word of God is not just going to jump out because one time three years ago I read that verse and now I remember it. And I, Well, maybe some of you can, but not me. <laughs> You've got to put some energy into it and purpose to know and, and purpose to put the Word of God together into your heart and let it find a place in you and let it find a spot in your life today. Talent will only take you so far. If, if you have a talent to play an instrument and you never practice, how far will that take you? There's time spent. There's, do you think you just sat down at a piano one time in your life and began to play and began to... I know that piano's got some pre-programmed things in it so I can sit behind it and put a big... Pretend like I'm... I can't even do that right. <laughs> but it takes time. If you're going to be good at anything... You need to have a passion for it. If you're going to be good at anything, you've got to have a burden to be able to. You've got to take the time and a vision and, and, and allow God to work through your life. And let there's an I haven't let's turn let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter three. And he said in verse number one, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? In other words, do I need you, do I need you to, to validate my ministry? Do I need you to validate who I am? He says, You're our epistles, written in, your, in our hearts, known and read of all men, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. They didn't depend on validation from something. But they also were able to look back and see what was accomplished in their life and said, I don't particularly need you to validate my ministry, but look what God has done. Look what God has put in place. Look what God has been able to write into your hearts and God has been able to. And you can look around and see the things that had been accomplished because there was a burden, because there was a passion, because there was a desire, and because there was an effort that took them out of their little sphere and said it, was, it, it wasn't an easy traveling that day. wasn't like getting in the car and going down the interstate and going, but it took days and days of hardship, sleeping on the side of the road, drinking the hot water out of a, of a, of a leather skin or a, a vessel that wasn't purified. All of the things that they had to endure to go from one town to the next. And when they got there, they didn't know what they were going to be received or whether they were going to be stoned. What was going to happen in their lives? But there was a burden, there was a passion, there was a desire. And see what it accomplished in them. Because there was a desire to go there. And, and I just tell us today that we need that to, to have that same kind of a burden, that same kind of a passion in us, to allow ourselves, talent only take you so far, but have a burden, have a passion, have a zeal, be positive, get positive, act positive, take the Word of God with you and go. Everything that we do is about um, 
presentation. Act holy, look holy, look right. Uh, you, come, we come into a place and allow the Word of God to touch our hearts and minds and allow the Word of God to change us, to reflect in our, in our smile and our attitude. And you're, you're, I'm going to convince somebody they want to live for God. God is good. I'm, I'm, yeah, you should try living for God too. <laughs> I'm so thankful for a church that lifts up hands, that worships the Lord, that praises God, that exalts Him, that magnifies Him, that glorifies Him, that's excited about living for God. Excited about, you know, I, I often tell my wife, it's, I, I wouldn't want to go to church either. If some of these other places that you go, it's, you already know what the service is all about. It's already printed out for you in order, and you follow step by step. And you say this, I say that. You say this, I say that. You, and alternately thereafter, you do your little part, and you can. And I already know what next week is going to be. I thank God for a church that's excited about living for God. I thank God for a church that's that's got a joy and a zeal and a, and a hunger for the for the will of God, and a joy and a zeal and a hunger for souls. Thank God. And it's all about our presentation. Make yourself presentable. Put a smile on your face. When you go to work, let somebody know, I got the Holy Ghost. And there's something about you. Whether the day goes good or the day goes bad. And, and, and I got the Holy Ghost. I'm excited. I like going to work. I always tell them, I ask you, how's it going? I say, every day is like a holiday. And another, another day with Jesus. I always say, another, uh, another fun day. Say that all the time. Another great day. Another fun day. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. It's like, it's another great day. Every day is like a holiday. Every day is like a picnic. We're having fun. I don't really mean it. (laughs) I'm up early like the rest of them. But you ain't going to know it. You're not going to know it by looking at me. You're not going to know. My presentation says every day is a holiday. Every day is like a picnic. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But I don't really mean it. (laughs) But everything you do is about a presentation. Present something to somebody that they might want. They want to be your friend. They want to be associated with you. They want to be around you because you're positive and you're upbeat and there's something exciting about being with you. And and I tell you another thing to do. When when you go to a new job, I, I don't know a thing about it. Get involved. We need experience. I'm not the same man as I was a year ago when I went to that job site. I, I, I know some things. I couldn't tell you the difference between... They make 30 different kinds of cabs there, and I couldn't tell you a, a moment by even looking at it what that cab is, much less deliver the right parts to build that cab. But you know what? I got involved. I got some experience, and, and I began to learn some things. And, and knowledge matters, folks. And so, and, and that's, at, that's at work. But what about the kingdom of God? What about making a difference for souls? Get involved. We need some experience. You need some experience? Teach a Bible study. You need to know how to teach a Bible study? Call your neighbor or call the, sit, the person sitting next. Teach your wife a Bible study. Teach your husband a Bible study. Teach somebody else in the church says, I, you know, I've never taught this Bible study. Would you be willing to come over and let me teach you a Bible study? And I, Michael, I want to teach you a Bible study. I mean, if you need it, get experience. 
Get involved. Become a part of something. And you, and you begin to learn. And you, every day, if you're doing something, every day I'm, I'm doing something different at work and I'm beginning to learn. I'm beginning to comprehend. Troy didn't just show up one day and know how to put a motor together. But he got his fingers in the middle of it. He began to do it. He knew which, which nut to torque. And he knew which bolt to put where. And he knows what this cam does. And he knows what all these little pieces are for. And how they all fit in place. And, 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 how, and he began to build. And he began to do it. And the next time he did it, it became easier. And the next time he did it, it even ran. <laughs> but you understand today, we, you're not going to learn anything if you're not going to get involved. You're not going to be a part if you don't have any experience at it. And you go looking for a job and they want to hire you, but they want experience. Well, where did you get experience? It's because I got involved. Where did I get the experience? It's because I included myself in something. Because I, I worked at it. And because I and, and be, understand, folks, knowledge matters. When you go to the job, I can, my job that I went from North Dakota to here doesn't translate very well into what I'm doing right now. I'd be perfectly comfortable to walk up to the gas station, at the, not the car gas station, but the natural gas station on the edge of town that pumps millions of BTUs of gas. I'd be perfectly comfortable to walk up into that place and, and be able to know what to do there. But I don't translate very well on measuring parts. It don't translate very well on driving a forklift. So I had to learn. You have to be involved. And, and dentistry doesn't translate really well on working on a gas station very much. You'd be walking to that place and you'd be like, I'm not sure I want to do this. And I tell you, you don't want me messing with your teeth either. <laughs> but understand, if you're going to be good at something, you've got to be involved in it. You've got to gain the knowledge. You've got to put the effort into it. You've got to. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with asking somebody, can I teach you a Bible study? Brendan, can I teach you a Bible study? I want to know how to do it. I want you to show me how to do it. I want somebody to teach me something. And don't remove your... And then when you do that, allow them to correct you. Allow them to give you some instruction. Allow them to give you some positive reinforcement. See, I changed it from criticism. Some positive reinforcement. Here's another note that I wrote. If, if your society or, or, or your, your friends require only mediocrity from you, get new friends. If they're satisfied with, a, with just laissez-faire, they're satisfied with just some mediocre effort from your part, or they're not, you, just get, let me get, get some advice. Allow your friends to, to elevate you. And be that friend that elevates. I, 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 really, I don't really want to hang around with people that are just comfortable with nothing. I want to hang around with people that, that have an aspiration, that have some kind of a desire, that have some kind of a zeal, that have some kind of a hunger for the things of God. And if your friends just require mediocrity from you, oh, it's kind of tough, but get, get some new friends. I don't think we have anybody here, but I'm encouraged by the church. I'm encouraged to hang around with the people in the church. I'm encouraged by testimonies and witnesses and the outreach that's going on and people's desire and the, and the, and the uplifted hands. And that It's encouraging to the church. It's encouraging to me when, when I see... Um, <laughs> you guys haven't seen it. When I see my wife kick her shoes off and all of a sudden, woohoo! That used to happen. 
But you could see in my mother-in-law at times, I'm, I'm going way back here, but she's been in the wheelchair a long time, but you could see it building up. <laughs> and she wasn't going to be that woman that's able to run around the church, she, even if she, she wanted to, but she couldn't. But you could see something start to build up, and it wasn't long before there was a squeal that went out. And it was a heartfelt from the bottom of her heart that the, just that shout for the Lord. That's not a mediocre shout, folks. That is so bottled up and so full of the zeal and the love of God. People want to know, why you run the aisles? Well, because I can't stand still anymore. Why you lift your voice and shout? It's because I have to. It's because of how good my God is. And I don't want to be a part of a mediocre church. I want to be a part of a church that's so full of the zeal and so full of the hunger and so full of the desire. And, and, and I'll tell you, if, if you get out of place or it becomes focused on you or whatever, I, I, pastor will deal with that. But let the zeal of the Lord fill your heart. Let that desire, let that hunger, let that thirsting for the things of God. And and don't allow yourself a mediocre service. Don't allow yourself a mediocre time of worship. Don't allow... And and, and I expect if I just sit there on my hands, somebody come and ask me, What's up? You weren't your usual self today. Praise God. If your society or your friends allow mediocrity, get new friends. I guess I've killed that long enough. But Aspiration and inspiration. We are not now who we can be. Get a vision. Get a passion. I, I'm not what I was even yesterday. I'm not what I was years ago. I'm not what I was when I started out in this. And I'm not what I was... Five years ago, I'm not what I was 10 years ago. I'm not what I was 20 years ago. I'm not what I was before, but I've got an aspiration to be more. I've got an inspiration in my life to draw closer to Him. I've got a zeal and a desire to touch the throne of grace every day. Get some desire in your heart. Get an aspiration. Don't allow yourself to be the same person over and over again. But let God stretch you. Stretch yourself. Reach out. Gain that knowledge. Gain that experience. Gain that burden and passion that comes from God. Get a burden. And the next one is don't fear to make mistakes. If you never made a mistake, stand up. Yeah, we make mistakes. And here's another one. Nowadays, it's not even fair, but we have GPS, I guess. Used to be, you had to either stop at a gas station and ask somebody. You know what? I often wonder what happened to those people that asked me for directions. (laughs) But you know what? Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to ask for direction. Don't be afraid to ask for some help. Don't be afraid to, to uh, take, take a risk. God will do a work with you if you're willing to. And you're not going to get it right. You're not going to get it right the first time. And maybe you will and maybe you won't. But that's not going to stop us. If, if we quit living for God the very first time we made mistakes... I might have made a half a day. 
I might have got lucky because it was the first day it was at night and I got through eight hours at night without making a mistake because I went to sleep. But I'm sure day number one, after a repentance experience, there was some kind of something I did wrong that day. But I thank God that he gives us an opportunity to find a place of repentance and find a place where we can acknowledge ourselves before him and say, God, I, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I, 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 I'm, I, and don't worry about it. Get over it. Get over yourself. Get over the fact. God has desired to have a church, and God has desired to have a people. And, and he chose people like you and me who make mistakes to save the whole world. It's not the angels that come. When Cornelius' prayers came as a memorial before God, God sent an angel to tell Cornelius to do what? Find a man. Call for Peter. And when it was Peter's turn to go, the, the angel didn't declare salvation to Cornelius. But the angel went to Peter and said, Peter, you need to go talk to Cornelius. And church, if there's going to be a revival of souls, it's going to be imperfect people. It's going to be people that make mistakes. It's going to be ordinary people doing ordinary things, but having extraordinary results. Ordinary. I know you've probably heard that before, but just every day, ordinary you and me. Very few people are exceptional. Very few. I'm in the midst of a bunch, of a very few, of a whole bunch here, but there's very few people that will be exceptional in anything. But ordinary people doing ordinary things will have the exceptional results because we're working with a God who desires to save and a God who desires to make a difference. And the last thing I want to share with this says, don't expect people to accept boring Figure out how to get involved. Figure out how to get people involved. Figure out how to get people excited. And I know, I, that's kind of the, what, what an ending thought, right? <laughs> Don't expect people to endure boring. But get involved. Be a part of something. Be a part of a church. What do you want your church to be like? What do you want your church to be? What do you want your the character of the church to be. And, just, and I'll just end with the thought that if, if everybody in the church was just like you, what kind of church would we have? If everybody in church prayed like you pray, how much prayer would there be? If everybody worshiped like you worship, how much worship would there be? If everybody spent as much time in outreach and everybody gave like you gave and everybody was just like you, what kind of church would it be? Would it be a better church? Don't expect people to endure boring. Don't expect people to endure what you're not willing to put forth on your own. But let's be excited about living for God. Today, it's a great day to be alive. Today is a great day to be a part of a church. Today is a great day to see what God is able to do. And today is a great day. You know, I was encouraged during a prayer this morning, and, and Alejandra, I'll I just share a second what you, you did exactly something I wanted to do. And we had our bus kids come in, and they sat, a couple of them sat right there, and the, and the church kids sat over here, and the bus kids were here. And you got up, 
and went to the church kids and said, go over there. Make them a part. We're, you're here sitting by yourselves, a collective little group of the church kids. But we're bringing bus kids in. We're bringing kids that don't have a home where there's the Word of God. And, and the things that go on in their homes would probably appall us at some times. But when they're here, make them a part of the church. I, I long for the day that I see these kids do more than color on a, on a piece of paper. But these bus kids are, instead of falling asleep, they're looking around. They're lifting up their hands. They're praying. They're coming to the altar. And we've had that a time or two with some of these young people today. And Alejandra got up and, and kind of poked the kids a little bit and pointed over. I saw her point at those other kids. It's like, scoot over here a little bit. Bring those kids into your group. Bring them to be a part of, of, of the church. And that's what's going to be able to make a difference. Just little things make all the difference in the world. And let's not neglect the little things in our lives and not neglect the things that we can do. Ordinary people doing ordinary things but having exceptional results.